Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week's podcast is sponsored by Trilogy, one of Sherlock's favourite independent fashion boutiques with several stores across London and a burgeoning online presence. It really is the place to go for independent fashion brands like Tucker and Rixo through to, well, the best denim there is in the market. The best denim from frame to J brands. They have every designer jean name you could ever want to invest in. And all the knowledge. And buying denim is not easy at the best of times. So if you're in the market for new denim and great everyday pieces, then get on over to Trilogy. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Tor Cardona, Charlotte Collins and Heather Steele. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. First of all, we've got to talk about the fact that the sun is shining. It's a glorious time to be living in England. I feel really patriotic at the moment. Yeah, yeah it's that time of year when it's a good place to be. I like we're doing one in the football. So agree. So I'm yeah. sitting next to Heather, who's joining her first <laughs> podcast. Heather is our features editor, who famously always wears tights. Oh, yeah, yes. I know. I, 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 oh, oh my god, you're so I know. Oh my god, Heather. I got How told off coping? yesterday. I don't know. I'm fine. I don't feel too hot. It's just your so thing. Just, I just don't like not wearing tights I just I just always I have think we to need to wear find them. some maxi dresses yeah maybe or some like loose trousers or oh, talking yeah. about tights sorry this is really off topic yeah. did, did you see Serena Williams play yesterday at Wimbledon well I have to say I did and I went to Wimbledon yesterday I was very kindly invited by Evian and I went to their incredible suite my god if you ever get that invite nice. take it and it was basically a load of showbiz journalists and then a load of celebrities. So there were people like Mylene Class, Rochelle Humes, Marv, looking very dapper in a blue Marv's linen a good suit. Guy. Saw them in the metro this He's morning. He's just snappy dresser. Nora Whitmore, Emma Wills. Scarlett cool. Moffat. I don't know who she was. I'm like, what? the only person no, no. who knows who she was. <laughs> Even I know who she is. Yeah. Lawrence Fox, Lila Parsons, Kirsty Gallagher, she's lovely. Yeah, it was such a nice day. I mean, it was so hot. I didn't listen to my mother's advice. I didn't take any sun cream. But I tried pins and watched the tennis. And I watched Serena Williams. Yeah. Who won? Amazing. But was she wearing tights? That's the question. Why do you no. think she was wearing tights? On the TV, or you could see it looked like she was wearing a pair of like nude tights. It was like a sheen on her no, legs. No, she was not. Just a good Moisturiser, perhaps. I don't know, it literally like she was wearing tights. No, I promise she wasn't. And yeah. I know this because I was scrutinising her, thinking, A, you just had a baby, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And B, she was wearing a long sleeve top and it was so hot. Yeah. But I don't know about you all, but I love it when Wimbledon starts. I actually love the Queen's tournament, which was a couple of weeks ago, but... I just loved coming home from work at the end of the day and putting the tennis on. There's something really sort of familiar and comforting about all the commentators as well. And it just feels yeah. so British, doesn't it? It's like, so great. if there's ever a time to feel patriotic, it's now. Yeah. I am interested to know whether Navratilova is 
commentating this year because there was that whole documentary about mm. equal pay. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Because I was there yesterday. I haven't watched any footage yet. I have to say, no, Murray does make me a bit less invested. I have to say, yeah. I like having somebody to really get behind. Yeah, that is true. It's okay. I like Federer. Yeah, I like Federer. Mm. He's my favourite. And actually, a Nadal Federer final, like, come oh on, yeah, it'd be amazing. amazing. Like, dream, yeah. Yeah. Dare I ask what anyone else has been watching lately? I mean, other than <laughs> I love Iris, yeah, the obvious. We did talk about on the show Ooh. today. Well, I wasn't in the show, but you did talk about the show. I mean, last night was pretty epic. I haven't it? seen it. And I, I haven't seen it. Really either. need oh, to. Okay. Well, that's I a good reason to, to, to talk about love Island. Yes, yes. There we go. I do feel like it has really set up a notch, though. The part last week was boring, and they've obviously like realised it was dull. Yeah, I feel it's explosive. Might I add? I cried. Yeah, it is. Did I you? cried. My husband's like, "Tell me you're not crying." I'm not crying. I was like, "Yeah, but I was crying with happiness." I was like, okay, okay, okay. I was crying. With Good. Happiness. Okay, I'm pleased. Good. Let's talk about the fascinating new documentary about Studio Fifty Four. It chronicles the rise and fall of the most talked-about nightclub in history and pulls the velvet curtain back on the Disco Haven's hidden history, combining never-before-seen footage with shockingly honest interviews. To say I want to see this is just an understatement if ever there was one. Has anyone seen it? Not yet, I need to, though. Who wrote this piece? Rosie. So Rosie's Mm. seen it, absolutely loved it. I love the fact that someone said it's the story you think you know but you don't really know. It's no wonders or certainly not before this it's the whole point of it was that these celebrities could go in and nobody would know what was going on. There were no photographers, normals weren't allowed in so you could just do whatever the hell you wanted and get away with it. Did anyone read the feature in Sunday Times, like I think it was last week I'm sure it was a prelude to this coming out but they interviewed different members of staff who had worked there, so they had like a doorman and they had a barman and it was just incredible wasn't it like it was the, so good I think part of the reason that it was so successful is because Ian Schrager and his partner were just so liberal weren't they like one of the barmen just got really hot one night so he took off his shirt and he was like yes everybody do that take off your shirts like that was the vibe I mean it was just yeah. nuts yeah and if you've read Diamond Verstenberg's book the woman I wanted to be she talks about the studio 54 days a lot I really want to see this anyway Ian Schrager is still you know riding yeah. the coattails isn't he mm. because he's he's founded the addition hotels he's owner of public hotel in new york which yeah. is really cool so Bernice tavern yeah still, exactly yeah he knows what he's doing doesn't he yeah he does i was thinking that they've, they've got to open in ibiza surely that's on their radar yeah, yeah. If there's a nobu in ibiza i feel like yeah. the addition is only yeah. moments away and on mm. that subject can we just talk about the fact that Lindsay lohan <laughs> we're going to talk about ibiza again oh my God. <laughs> no, all right okay. <laughs> that Lindsay lohan has opened a beach club in Mykonos. I don't know if it's brand new, but she's definitely lived on the island for quite a long time. I think and it like, is, is it new? Yeah, Lohan's. Lohan. Whatever. It's Lohan. So yeah. random. I mean, Mykonos is cool, and it's got some amazing beach clubs. Yeah, but I think she may have fled there for some privacy, like five mm. years ago, and now is making a bit of a comeback. So good for her for doing something mm. different. And they say that behind every man is a great woman, but behind many a woman's flawless street style shot, not mine, is a man bending over backwards to get the perfect angle. Enter the world of Instagram husbands, the unsung heroes behind some of the biggest influencers' enviable feeds. I love this. Apparently there are several blog posts out there entitled How to Train Your Instagram Husband. (laughs) One of them coming from Monica Welburn, who is also known as the Elgin Avenue. And she talks all about how her Instagram husband, Ollie, takes the best pictures of her. Do you all tour your boyfriend? No. no. My Instagram is not really a curated feed. 
I found this actually hilarious. And the tips at the end. Oh my I god, love the tips. Don't expect to eat food when it's hot. I a like... coffee cup is a prop, not something to drink. That was my favourite bit. Expect <laughs> a ten minute walk to take up to an hour. Shark, this kind of sounds like this might be under your like your life a little bit. No. <laughs> no I wish. Poor Ben. Ben is useless. Is yeah. Oh my god. Well, tips and tips. I'm going to have to, I'm going to send him some of this because honestly, you know, Instagram's quite important for who we are and what we do. So I feel like going on holiday in particular is quite a kind of prime time to get some good pictures. Yeah. I like, I don't even know. It's like, I might as well take a cat on holiday for how good these photos are. If he takes like, they're useless. So honestly, so bad. Mine's the he same. Because he doesn't give a shit. So. And he does a couple. They're shit. And I like, keep going. Yeah. No, come on, let's go, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Do you realise? I have followers here. Do you know who I am? (laughs) No, not like that. But as you say, we're also very lucky that we get to go to some nice places in our line of work. So, you know, occasionally you do need a picture. Exactly. I don't get a lot of willing. I'm not going to lie. And I loved the point that you made about don't expect to eat your food on because we'll (laughs) be after dinner. I was like, can I actually eat my food now? (laughs) I'm like rearranging the table. Heather, what about your boyfriend? No, I I don't like being in photos anyway, so... I'm quite happy to not have anybody who wants to actually him. take any. Yeah, no, business from governed. No, 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 neither. But it's in, like, I don't like being in photos, so I'm more than happy to not have someone trying. But yeah. I think that's what friends are for, though, aren't they? When you, if you really like, most people don't have an Instagram husband. You have to rely on friends. Girls get it. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's almost more cringe in front of your friends. Like I feel quite self-conscious posing in front of my husband. I just feel like a bit of a tear, basically. What in front of your friends? I feel more like my friends. Oh my god. Am I Handed a girlfriend, and friends like, "Can you do a picture of my outfit?" I mean, I'd be dying. I'd oh, really? Really? I think my friends would be way more understanding. Mm, yeah, for oh, sure. No. I'd be saying to my friends, "This is how vacuous my life is. Could you take a picture of me?" Yeah. I think that all people under a certain age understand the importance of Instagram, particularly within certain industries. So I think your friends would get it. Anyway, I, I'm definitely going to send one of those articles to my husband. Let's talk about dreams. Because wellness experts are increasingly turning to dream analysis to better understand ourselves, our emotions and desires. And while some dreams are straightforward, like a long-lost friend reappearing, that'd be nice, or winning the lottery, that'd be even nicer. <laughs> Others don't always tell such a simple story. So we spoke to a psychologist and dream expert to decipher some of the most common dreams, what they mean, and how to use them to reflect and make positive changes in your life. Well, for me, that would be get over my fear of flying because I frequently dream about plane crashes I was in the front half of the plane the back snapped off and we carried on and we landed in a forest in Russia but is it normal to dream that literally about your fears because a lot of these in this piece all the examples are like this means this this means that so it's interesting that you're actively mine means I'm freaking terrified I think that makes sense but I agree with you like this panel of a dream if you're driving a car or something but you can't hold the steering wheel or you can't drive like it's all about a lack of control and like you can't mm. speak that kind of thing yeah that was exactly yeah. Heather do you dream a lot I do but I can never really remember them but I do have that falling thing you know when you wake up yes. and your yeah, body is complete I get that quite a lot or when I'm falling asleep and I suddenly get yeah. <gasps> I do yeah. that or this freaks my boyfriend yeah, out yes. all what's the time I don't know Rich, Rich knows that. what <laughs> well, I've heard that one the falling asleep thing is because there's different like factors in your brain which like monitor you know the kind of the offset things and just breathing and keeping your pulse going 
driving, things like that. Yeah. Your brain at that point when you're falling asleep is worried that you're going into a coma and that you're not going to be able to breathe and pump your blood around your body anymore. And so it gives you a job in order to wake you up and check this. Oh my God. Good, Rich. See, everyone's going to love that bit of insight from Rich. In fact, there are now going to be requests for Rich to be a podcast special guest. I like that idea, actually. Will you be up for that, Rich? I do always kind of like need to sit on my hands and be like, I want to see something. All right, we'll make that happen next week. Yes, teeth falling out. That was my recurring dream for such such a long time. It's a common one. talk about it. I find it extraordinary what you wake up and you've got no teeth. Yes, it's like different things. It's a dream, but in your dream. Oh my God, they all fell out overnight. I had that dream when I was buying my flat and apparently it symbolises a transition so you're worried about moving on to the next chapter or like taking on more responsibility but it can also be a vanity thing so I think it could be a bit of both. We did talk about dreams not that long ago and I remember one of the facts being that within about half an hour of waking up you've forgotten 50% 50% of your dream and actually other people's dreams it's such shit chat isn't it yeah. I always have to when I see someone <laughs> I saw a friend the other day I was like god I had a dream that my friend and I rocked up to your house and we were snooping in the windows and she was like interesting why is it so much more boring yeah. than the other topic of conversation it is yeah. the other topic which always makes me laugh on the subject of sleep is Michael McIntyre who always talks about how, I don't know if it's a British thing, how we wake up and feel compelled to talk about what quality of sleep we had the night before. So I started a diary for the first time this year and I've managed to keep it up, which I was really shocked about. I thought I'd maybe make it to the end of January. And sometimes I have a quick look through and I realise that almost every time, like, slept really badly. Like, every time there's always, without even thinking about it, a comment about how well I slept. That's stuff so like, Again, such a chat. I woke up this morning and my husband was like, had the worst night's sleep last night and I was like oh poor you and then he said it again he was like, I had such a bad night's sleep and I don't know if it's like we always say that we'd get on perfectly if we didn't have the bickering about what time the other person's coming to bed because yep. we're not really aligned one night only is bit early one night he does so I almost feel like he's teeing me up now <sighs> just in case I think I'm going to be late and I'll do it the other way around oh, it's just so he can throw it back in your face later today like, oh, no. I slept really badly last night or no just be like really efficient with your day because FYI you need to come home early because I want an early night Got that's really oh, perhaps we're reading a little bit much yeah. into it. Mind games. Yeah. I, I think it's later. I think it's like the weather. We just love to analyse stuff. Mm. So yeah, I agree. Did you see it well? I mean, every single day. Yeah. Actually, yeah. When we come in, I'm like, how are you? Shut up. Oh, I slept really bad. Yeah. yeah. It's so hot. Every day. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna rain. <laughs> it's true. I know, the weather. So tired. The other thing I always remember someone saying is that as English people, we always someone says, "How are you?" Say, "Fine." Yeah. You never yeah. give anything no more. And no one wants anything more back and I remember going to the States as a teenager sort of for the first time people were saying how are you today and they would answer they'd give you a whole long drawn out <laughs> I actually don't care yeah, yeah, just, just being polite, polite. <laughs> anyway. so why a diary I don't know I think I just decided I wanted to do it my mum's done it since she was 12 years old every day completely kept it up and she does use it against us all the time like you know someone did something once or couldn't remember she's like I'll check the diary and genuinely does how much does she write not loads it's only you know sort of that's what amazing size I love that. It's enough. She's got really small writing. But yeah, she's done it every day since she was 12. And I think it's really interesting you yeah. started at this point in life because I always think of it as something that you either started when you were young yeah. and carried on mm. or you just didn't. I never really heard about people starting it. I did when I was younger. But yeah, I tried, but mm. I would never get far. I think because I turned 30 in March, I think, again, it was a bit like maybe a landmark year or not. But, you know, <laughs> in your brain, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'll do something to kind of... And do you happens. think, have you do, do it every single day? Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I usually do it on the train on the way in because otherwise, by the time it gets to the evening, I'm kind of falling asleep. Hence why you're talking about the quality of sleep you have. Then. Exactly. <laughs> and is it like I feel like this today, or is it a like today I did this and did this? Yeah, I think it tends to be initially like this is what went down, mm. and then at the end, kind of like thoughts and feelings mm. and stuff. I do think it's so interesting I to read back. I don't think yeah. I'd stick to it, but I, I love the idea of being able to look back. You and really think, do see patterns. Or... Also, yeah. quite therapeutic to write down your feelings like that. It yeah. really is. You know, it like when you text your friend, you're having a massive rant. You feel so good, just like writing all that out. Yeah, I yeah. genuinely think it's good at ordering how you're feeling about Definitely. certain situations. Mm. Well, actually, funny that we're talking about diaries. My mum took my daughter on some errands yesterday after school because Otto had a play date, and they went to Smiggle and Coco bought a diary. And she wrote the first page. Yes, and it said, I went to Smiggle with Gaggy and she bought me a diary. Then I went back to her house for tea and I had sausages, peas and chips. Great day. Treat. (laughs) And then Uncle James helped me put stamps on his envelopes. I was like, so easy. Oh, yeah. I want to be seven. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you and it had little icons, like emojis of faces that you have to circle based on your mood. Oh, and then mm-hmm. I think that's a really oh, positive yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A it's a good way to teach emotional intelligence as well, isn't it? To kind of get in tune with your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel quite old school though, writing. Yeah. Yeah. Were well, you ever tempted to type a diary? I Actually, I think last year, a couple of times I did kind of just have random thoughts. I was like, right, I'm going to write these down and think maybe that's why. I think to have an emotional connection is something you need to write it down. Yeah. If ever yeah. I do write down something because I want to just like get it off my chest, like you were just saying, it needs to be a pen. Do you ever do that? Yeah, I, I did do. it once last year. Once, I yeah, I talked about it on the podcast before. I just there was just a situation that I really needed to like exercise, like get it out, and I wrote the whole thing down, and I found it really helpful. No, I yeah. did that a few times last year actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there are a few times where I am like, oh, I wish I had my diary now. Like I want to get this yeah. written down while it's fresh in my. So head. that would be the only good thing about typing, typing yeah. away. But I did it's slow at writing. And I was seeing one of my children's teachers last week and one of them was like struggling to learn to write. She kind of said, you know, we persevere for a while, but actually there might come a point where you actually say, do you know what? Everything is digital now. So and I was like, oh, oh, I don't know. I'm not okay with that. And yeah. so it strange. will happen. It's just going to take a lot of input. God, that's that's scary. I just interesting to hear that from a teacher because I would have mm. thought that was like a level of illiteracy, like to never learn, yeah. to just give up. I agree. I really I agree. Even to like sign your signature. Yeah. Yeah. She said it's very young to make that call, but we do make that call occasionally. That's really? Wow, God, it's been Gosh. Yeah. I do definitely find I sit down or I try and write something really quickly and I literally am writing like a complete baby. <laughs> I made some notes for this podcast somewhere in here and it took me like five minutes to write two sentences. It took, yeah, it's slow. It's oh, no, I love writing. Mm-hmm. Me too, but <laughs> come on, yeah. in the SL world, you ain't got no time to be writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now you've got a diary, Heather, maybe you should be documenting your dreams. Or when, like have a dream at 3am, write it down. But should you? And I would be interested to know how often I dream about plane crashes because I yeah. think it's like right down. it's not weekly yeah you'll see dreaming about crime quite a lot but either oh, and again this is yeah. my fear I often dream that I'm being mugged or held hostage or a gang's mm. got me or I was, when I was little I always used to dream about being kidnapped or yeah. was that my biggest fear when I was a child let's talk about something more cheery Let's talk about the seven surprising things you didn't know about kissing. Because from the hidden health benefits to what it says about us as people, kissing is apparently much more than something just fun you do with someone you're attracted to. I was interested to read that despite the fact that most people tilt their head to the right, I was sitting at my desk. Oh, you'd learn to 
Oh, I'm yeah. actually tilt my head to the left. I'm left-handed. We were left-handed. So I'm not left-handed. And I kiss my husband to the left. Yeah. But is that, left. does he go to the left, so you automatically... No, we don't. I, we've been together no, a long time. No, 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 no,
the guy I first slept with, I don't think he remembers me all that night. <laughs> I bet he does. I bet you yes. I really hope he doesn't. Ask your boyfriend if he remembers his first shower. I bet he remembers it. Well, apparently women find kissing more important than men. Although I think my husband quite clingy, bit needy. <laughs> They'll often say to me, haven't given me a kiss yet. Oh. And the other thing I thought was interesting was that Idris Elba is the UK's most kissable yes. man. Yes, love Idris Elba. Yes. He comes up a lot. He's also yeah. a guy with big dick energy. Definitely. He's the epitome of big dick energy, apparently. Of course, he was a guy with a big dick. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I imagine he has to be. That's I knew true. it. I knew it all along. <laughs> but also on the, near the top of the list, according to this oh feature, my God, I just see yeah, me too. Jeremy Corbyn is in the top now ten. Now that makes me want to vomit. So I have to tell you this. I used to have a thing for Piers Morgan. Oh no! No, no, I see you get that. I see that. Get that. I I'm that. talking like twenty years ago. Yeah, I see that. I see because that. Because he's a bit of a dick, and that can be attractive. Yeah, but not now with like the chin and yeah, all whatever. Yeah. He used to be quite dapper back in the day. I really Thank see you. that. Oh, good. I yes. thought I was going to be really judged. Rich was just sick in his mouth. Um, <laughs> but he was crowned as the UK's least kissable. As was Nigel Farage, here, here, and Katie Hopkins. Interesting. The Donald Trump topping the UK least kissable. This. Very nice. At that. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's talk about jobby moons, because when you're sitting on the cusp of a life-changing event, like trying your hand at a new career, the stress can feel insurmountable, apparently. So what better way to ease yourself into a new routine than a relaxing getaway in between charging out of your old office and into your new one? I think it's more about the fact you've actually got some extra holiday time, because with 25 days a year, it doesn't need many weeks to go on holiday. Yeah. How do you feel? Before a new job tour is sad. I know. I know. And I'm actually taking a jobby moon. It wasn't planned. I did have a week booked off, and that happens to be my last week. So yeah, I will have a jobby moon, which is so nice. So nice. Yeah, but and we're so sad that after four years. I know. So anyway. sad. Lucky them, that's what I'm yes. going to say. <laughs> and are you doing that because you feel like these are precious days? Are you doing it like many days holiday? Yeah. Or are you doing it because you want sort of a clean break? I want a clean break. I want to go and brush, exactly. Um, and I want to just get away, yeah, recharge and just go back feeling really, really fresh. And I think if you, you know, finish somewhere on a Friday and start somewhere else on a Monday, mm-hmm. that's really intense. Yeah. Like, definitely need a little break. And it always amazes me how when you offer jobs to people and quite often the hand, you haven't kind of had enough of a handover as you want. So they will start the Monday after they finish their old job. That's what I did, yeah. what, four months mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, they paid me an extra week to stay, even though I had all my holiday days that I could have. I'd had a few days off or started here a bit earlier, but my old job would just like, no. You should have so, put your foot down. I know. Yeah, what what do you do? Do? I know. You always want 
It would have been really that nice. person yeah. ASAP. But ultimately, you're not going to take the job offer away yeah. because someone says, I'm really sorry, but I am just having a week off. I do think some people do worry about that kind of thing. That definitely entered my mind. Yeah. It's like, mm. oh, well, you don't want to jeopardise anything at that stage. You obviously really want the job. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, yeah. But yeah, it definitely would have been nice, I think, to have even just an extra two days definitely. of kind of being yeah. there. But it doesn't matter. It's a bit like people working their notice. You know, we have two months here because as a small business, when someone leaves, you really feel it. And the amount of people who over the years are like... Said I have to start, and then like they're not going to not give you the job yeah, exactly. because mm. you've got a white mm. to spirit. Yeah. If you're the right person for the job, you're the right person. For the yeah, job. Charlotte, would you take a job? You mean definitely? I just think it's the lack of email that would be amazing. Like even if you are on holiday from your job, there's always even if you turn off your email, there's always the kind of nagging feeling that it's there. They're there waiting for you when you get back. Yeah. So imagine just handing in your email address, and that's just it. So true. And I have a friend who did that, and she said it was just the most liberating feeling because you do start completely afresh with no mm. kind of prior connection to where you before yeah. so good point the positives yeah. where are you going on yours tour Tuscany Ooh, so beautiful really nice. let's talk about the growing epidemic that is stress because underneath all those mouth-watering snaps of plump donuts and silky ribbons of pasta is an entangled Ooh. pile on a plate on Instagram the hashtag stress eating runs life apparently in fact over 100,000 Insta posts carry the label hashtag stress eating Maybe I've got unstressed friends. I don't think I've ever seen stress eating the hashtag. Neither. Right. I'm not on Instagram, but when I was, I never Wait, saw it on Instagram. Hang on, I knew you were off Instagram. You didn't have Instagram. No, I said this eight when I started at Christmas. I decided to quit okay, that and Facebook. Just you're to, old school. Just for a yeah. month. She doesn't use oh, Uber. She doesn't yeah. use Instagram. Yeah, she writes a, a diary. <laughs> I'm basically a grandma. Love I'm it. so jealous. I did it for a month. I just did it as an experiment to be like, let's see what happens. And then I just didn't miss it at all. That's it. Do you feel disconnected at all? A little bit, but not really, because I still like read websites and I still have Twitter as well so okay. I feel like I get all my news and happenings from there mm, I have to say I feel as your employer yes and don't do what I'm saying <laughs> but I sort of think you should be on Instagram yeah no offense Charlotte but if you told me you were leaving Instagram I'd be like well see you later yeah, well, yeah. yeah that, of course it's part, it's part and parcel it, it, now, it yeah. really is you know we get a lot of ideas you see what's trending mm-hmm. and you know readers of Sherlock's they always think I find it so weird how Sherlock sort of second guesses what I'm thinking as in I'll think oh should I cut the hems off my mm. jeans and then the next day we've written a feature on it and they're like how do you do that everyone yeah. says that everyone yeah. says that yeah. and it's great that's the great thing about digital is you can be so reactive mm. to the yeah. trends mm. but a lot of that information is coming mm. from social media it's the news mm. now isn't it? it's popular culture and yeah. so well I see why <laughs> I see actually in, from a lifestyle angle why Twitter Agreed. actually would be oh. probably more useful than it's yeah. it to an extent but yeah I mean if you're doing something a bit more visual like mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, agreed. Back to stress. <laughs> All I heard was donuts and pasta. Really, yeah. more enjoy that. Sorry, plump donuts and plump donuts. donuts. Silky <laughs> ribbons and pasta. Tor, are yeah. you a stress eater? I'm like the opposite of a stress eater. I completely lose my appetite. I wish I was like that. Yeah, we have had this chat before. Yeah, because yeah, you were stress eater. You're a stress eater. Yeah, I am definitely. Without realizing, like especially even when you read it, like yeah, you don't even realize you've done it. I'm a tired eater, a hungover eater. Although I don't like to eat too much junk, so I feel guilty and then I feel even more... Yeah, mm. the cycle. Yeah. But I was thinking about this actually just before because, say, like this morning, I actually slept really badly. So <laughs> I was feeling a bit funny and a bit like like tired and like mm, on my way into work. And I went through Waterloo and there's this bagel place in Waterloo. And I was like, I don't know what I need is bagel. But I went to the bagel place and I got peanut butter on a whole wheat bagel. So, like, 
I think if you are aware that you are this kind of eater, but you can yes. curb it in a slightly yeah. more healthy way. Yeah, meter yeah. halfway. Yeah. I could have gone and had like a white bagel with cheese and pastrami or something. So yeah, I think I, if you yeah, meet it halfway, yeah. that's the way to do I it. I think you've totally nailed it. And I definitely have times getting back from my Ibiza last week and I was just tired and I wanted to graze all the time. Mm-hmm. But I did just make sure it was healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, But there are so many studies that show if you have like a certain percentage less of the amount of sleep you usually have, mm. you will naturally want to eat at least yeah. 300 calories yeah. more a day because yeah. your hormones are all gone over the place. Your body just needs that energy. Yeah. But in terms so, of stress, like I do automatically reach for sugar if I'm stressed. Mm. 100% always. And I, and I know how to, to you but it's just a habit thing totally. you know because I'm aware of it I'm able to stay on top of it or I'll have dark mm. chocolate instead of the yeah. calories bar exactly. but it's funny how people react differently well the Mayo Clinic who we interviewed for this piece said their tips for getting to grips with stress eating were getting support you're more likely to snack if you haven't got people around you to talk to take some deep breaths keep a food diary there you go Heather something else you can write in a diary I've done that before depressing yeah. it was good though, makes you bloody you, think yeah, yeah you, there was like some things that you just kind of casually snack on oh. thinking they were maybe 100 calories mm. and you're like shit mm. I know before yeah. you know it you've literally had a yeah. meal and yeah. Yeah. it says don't deprive yourself snack healthy learn from the setbacks and I always think what Louise Parker says which is like well and lots of people say the kind of 80-20 and she always says if you jump out the nipple jump out the nipple and then just jump back in and if you're feeling stressed and you need a bit of a sugar rush yes have it Mm. but you don't need to say the whole day's a write off and now I'm just gonna binge and now I'm gonna feel shit Mm -hmm. about myself and whatever but I'm with you good bagel yeah love a smoked salmon cream cheese bagel someone was eating one in the kitchen the other day and I was like I don't think of a bagel Mm. and actually a cinnamon and raisin bagel I love the cinnamon and raisin bagel (laughs) Kai (laughs) was Yeah. Oh, I love donuts. I love donuts. I tried to find you're such a healthy, healthy. Yeah, but donuts. But that's your treat. Send donuts. <laughs> Let's talk about being an only child. Apparently, being an only child can shape your personality. Well, I'm sure it does. I'm actually technically an only child. My parents. Yeah, but not really. Well, not really. But my parents got divorced when I was a baby, and then they both remarried and had more children. So I'm not really, but on paper I am. Maybe that's why I don't have a higher IQ than your average person. (laughs) They're likely to be high achievers. They're not more spoiled. They often have perfectionist streaks. They're usually strongly self-directed. They tend to avoid conflict. They mostly prefer. more friendship groups that's interesting I think that makes sense mm. everyone here has siblings I've got one yeah and do you have many friends who are only children I do you actually notice don't difference? No. I've got a best friend who is an only child I think it's an odd choice from parents your parents didn't choose to not give you siblings in that direct way and maybe your friend's I, parents didn't choose either yeah no they didn't they didn't 100% like, and that's the thing you never really know mm. I, I'm pretty sure they didn't actually So, but for the people who do really just want one child I just think you really really benefit from having siblings mm. and that can be evident mm. in only children I just think you learn really important social skills. And that's not to say that you can't get that elsewhere and that plenty of only children don't also get mm. those. But I think you run the risk of not mm. getting them socialised that bit earlier. When I have one of my children on their own, I'm like, oh, this is so nice. This is what <laughs> life could be. All my children are learning right now is to fight with me. Like, fight. Even Mimi, who's the baby. I mean, she will pull her, smack her five-year-old brother on the head. And I'm like, see, you've taught her that. She's grown up with you. She would not be so punchy and yeah but surely in that fact it's a good thing they're do- yeah they're doing yeah. that to learn, to learn to defend themselves yeah. to like mm-hmm. you know they yeah. don't really hate each other I think with three young children I sometimes think oh life would be so peaceful with just one yeah. I'm a 
remember meeting a girl at a wedding and chatting to her about it quite a lot. And I said, were you lonely as an only child? I'm sort of technically, but I wasn't lonely. I don't really remember the years that it was just me and my mum, although there were quite a few of them. And she said, no, she said, I have a really amazing relationship with my parents and I've really viewed them as friends. And we were a little team. Yeah, from a very young age, she went out for dinner with them and they would just talk and talk and talk for hours. You know, with us, you try and have a conversation with one, the other one's screaming, having a tantrum. You know, whereas Mm. I think it's different. And actually, we've got some neighbours and she very sadly had endless attempts of IVF that failed. And I think it was the ninth attempt. She went to the doctor and said, I can't do this anymore. Give me every drug you can to make this round of IVF work because it's the last time. And it worked. And they now have a daughter Mm. and they're, you know, so blessed that they have her. But she's a really grown up sweet little girl mm. she's not precocious she's just lovely and you mm. can sort of tell that she has that relationship and they go off on holiday and she's going to amazing well, you know, yeah. Yeah. quite a bit more money we're more likely to be well behaved if it's mm. just you mm. and you're not sort of yeah. fighting but like I think it serves you better long term to have those sibling mm. style relationships if you can if, yeah. yeah yeah of mm. course given the option but not everyone is that lucky I did meet yeah, I did used to know somebody through work and I've lost touch with him now and they both worked in the industry they have one child and we were chatting I remember his child was four or something and I said are you happy with one when you have any more and he said god it's so nice that you said are you happy with one he said I get so sick of people's expectation Mm -hmm. that we want to have Mm -hmm. another he's like what's wrong with just wanting one child Mm -hmm. and I actually know another couple who are also in the same situation they could have more they don't want more they live quite a fast-paced life and they've made that choice I guess there are people that want it I think the only thing is when your parents it doesn't leave you much family does it yeah and family support is I think I always say to my children when they're fighting I'm like do you realise that you're so lucky I was like I didn't have a little brother or sister to play with do you realise how lucky you are to have Mm -hmm. each other and that they are the only people in the world apart from daddy and I that will always have your back and will always be there for you and Coco's like I hate my brother <laughs> you won't you won't I also think it's so beneficial to have somebody who understands your parents as much as you do as well yes. Like, yes, so true. True. and you can get that from half yeah. or whatever mm. people who really do yeah. know your parents you can talk to your friends you can talk to your partner about your parents but no one will really ever get it as much as your siblings and that's a really mm. valuable outlet is it okay to skip your period on the pill? Periods are pretty inconvenient at the best of times, regardless of whether you've got a festival, a holiday, a big event. So it's no wonder that so many women say they take two or more packs of contraceptive pills back to back. But is it good for you? Well, the good news is it seems like it's totally fine, that there's no evidence to suggest it impacts your fertility. The only problem can be if you get breakthrough bleeding if you do it too much. Yeah, I have done it, but only because my doctors have told me to. I've never done it to be like, oh, I don't want to be on my period on that day. Oh, see, I really plan it. I really? Yeah. I know you can at, yeah. like, festivals is a kind of classic example of, yeah. like, you really oh, don't yeah. want to. I mean, to I don't, I, I don't festival. do festivals, but, like, holidays, wedding, I don't know, there's just certain times you just oh don't want to be on a period. No, I did this once, six years ago, and it was the next period. It was like my body was yeah, crying. I, I, I period. So yeah. I will never do it again. I don't care. I'll have, a, I'll have my period on a holiday, whatever. Yeah. So I think if you're someone that suffers from heavy periods, that's so yeah, true. I agree. I never have that problem. Oh, I can do three back to back. But do you get quite a light period? Yeah. 
Is yours quite heavy? Yeah, quite. Yeah, well, there you go. Regulated by the pill, but God. It was like by week six, my body was just like, hell no to this. So yeah, it's not worth it for me. Well, it does say here that the traditional advice is only to do it for two to three months. The um, risks of doing it too much associated with the pill itself because it can cause blood clots in the legs or lungs, which can sometimes be serious. I was reading a piece a few months ago that Charlie always talk about this. People really bash the pill and it really, really annoys me because the so pregnancy has yeah. way more risks than taking the pill blood clots mood changes and the pill can actually help you in the long run to protect against bowel endometrial and ovarian cancers mm. yeah. so and like these are all proven things yeah people you're need... so right people do bash it the whole time and, yeah, it's, and it's pretty effective isn't it that yeah. thing about pregnancy I do remember but last time yeah. I went to the doctor just for a pill check up yeah. she's like now I've got to tell you the thing about blood clots yeah. but you know actually the risk of this in pregnancy is so much worse yeah. I was like no way and yeah the decision if you want to come off the pill that's up to you because a lot of people will because of hormones and that's fine but if it ain't broke, oh my gosh, like... Mm. 100%. I love pill. No, good. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know the average British woman will spend a staggering £50,000... I thought this said £5,000 the first time I read it. On beauty products before the age of 40. Just think what I could have done with all that money. It's a <laughs> lot of money. In the interest of protecting your pennies... See, we're always doing selfless things for our readers. We <laughs> scoured the high street to discover the best beauty dupes have on your radar from hardworking concealers to flutter perfecting mascaras these are the high street makeup swaps to know so this came on the back of a feature we did on the show and we all know there are certain things you should spend your money on they say don't they whatever touch it is closest to your skin i.e foundation is probably what to spend the money on and cream serums so tor what are the things that you would never spend money on when it comes to beauty i think things like mascara brow products eyeliner those are all the things you can get away spending nothing on I think I'm a big fan of a high street mascara Maybelline Rimmel Maybelline yeah. comes up time and time again yeah, I, saw yeah. that, I, mean, I thought it was advertorial at first <laughs> no Maybelline if you're listening yeah. <laughs> um, honestly I think you could spend 5-10 pounds on a mascara and it would look exactly the same as if you were wearing a Chanel 30-40 pound mascara same goes for brow stuff I think Maybelline the brow drama is a really really good product again that's not something you need to be spending a lot of money on like why the brow drama she's a genius ball brush with a hard working yes, like, no clump formula oh yes it's good that like a brown yeah like a brown mascara essentially and also brushes real techniques are amazing amazing brushes that's the one that I find the most surprising that yeah you I know scrimp but this is pixie brushes. woo yeah, yeah, yeah I also wouldn't scrimp on any old brush okay this is like the brand to know yes yeah, so if anyone's budget. listening pixie woo who are two sisters two of the most famous beauty bloggers that maybe you haven't heard of them I know they've bought out affordable brushes and they really are good aren't they amazing so, so, so good yeah buy them boots I mean I think the bronzer brush will set you back maybe 15 20 quid tops yeah Charlotte what are the things that you will always spend on when it comes to your makeup well I think if you're like me and you don't know loads about makeup you know I'm not like a connoisseur so I tend to connoisseur. spend connoisseur <laughs> like you are a connoisseur yeah. I tend to spend more because at least I feel like that way I'm getting the quality yeah, yeah definitely I, are there any cheapies that you yeah, buy yeah so for my eyebrows I use a rimmel like yeah. a coloured brush I use kind of wherever mascara is going. I've never found one that I'm like, this is so much better than I don't have yeah. my mascara. No, neither. Don't you? No. I even tried loads of different MAC ones over the years because I used to mm. love MAC, thinking, again, like if you've paid about 15 to 20 quid, it'd probably be really good. Mm. But I feel like mean, yeah, I would say my not loyal to it. Yeah, I do think the Clinique Chubbies are really good. They're not silly money. Okay, that's good to know. They're good. Yes. I also buy a Rimmel liquid eyeliner. So, Heather, you are renowned for your black liquid yeah, eyeliner. Yeah, collection. Two ninety nine. Exactly. Oh, 
best collection. One. That does it's, take me back. It's the best one, honestly. I've tried loads of different ones. Collection two thousand. It's now one? just called collection. Oh, yeah, they've moved on. It's been that long. <laughs> Have you yeah. tried something that stays on less well, or does the liquid eyeliner just stay on? No, I don't think so. Because I've tried like Mac ones, way more expensive ones, like splashing out a bit as I got older. Like this will, you know, make the whole thing easier, or it'll look better, and it's like harder to put on. Maybe it's just my eyes, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. and yours yeah. last. I've tried different like, ones. At the end of the day, and yours yeah. is still very much yeah. still very. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot to take you off. You also like a coloured lip. Do I do. All Mac, basically, because okay. they just again so they might, stay might, on, and they're like expensive. fourteen yeah. to seventeen pounds depending on which yeah. ones, and they last ages. I but wear them every yeah. day. It's not cheap, though, is it? Fourteen, seventeen pounds for a lipstick. I mean, because presumably yeah. you wear them every day, you them quite quickly. I reckon it lasts about seven months. I wear it every day, but yeah, there are definitely good cheap ones. You yeah, I think a lipstick is something I would spend more on personally yeah you do get more bang for your buck. The other thing we discovered was Makeup Revolutions concealer, which I know we spoke about on the show. Amazing. It was like four pounds. It's the most amazing concealer, and they do it in so many shades. I was like, so impressed with that. And actually, I do spend money on my makeup as I've got older. I just do, and I know what I like. But that was the product, probably from that whole piece that we did. Yeah. That stuck with me. Yeah, really impressive. You can find it anywhere. Four pounds. I mean, if you want a few more tips on the 10 best high street beauty dupes as well as that concealer then visit sheerlux.com and go to the beauty section and you will find it there or watch the show which is on youtube Mm -hmm. on the topic of beauty whether you're a natural blonde or looking to highlight your strands for summer we went straight to the experts for their golden rules when it comes to going blonde in the summer months from the shampoos to stock up on to the genius industry approved hacks for instantly brighter strands they revealed it all so as a couple of blondes that highlight their hair do you go blonder for the summer months I will naturally go blonder in the summer but I, my colour that I do on myself is the same all year round I absolutely go blonder like my colourist and I discuss just like more of a lift and maybe around the front as yeah. well blonder so once you've highlighted your hair what do you do to protect it in the can I just say that I couldn't believe someone suggested trying and this was Nicola Clark who knows what she's talking about but trying a lightning spray oh I know right <laughs> what is this that this just takes Did you back yeah, to sunning exactly. are you too young I don't to know what any of these words oh, are really oh, sunning is oh, all basically lightning. it's like a spray that's heat activated so we put it there was a John Frieda one back in the day yeah. I think it's the one she even mentions that's still around yeah you just spray it through your hair sit in the sun or put a hairdryer on it and it basically peroxide it was really cheap I'm pretty blonde and I remember putting sun in and just going white <laughs> girls at school would put sun in in to Heather's yeah. colour brown hair and it would go orange I remember my one yeah. friend Sean and she was properly properly went from a brunette to a, to a ginger overnight yeah, that's everyone she, honestly overnight in hours <laughs> 90s just like just horrid like patchy streaks oh, just I remember kind of, my husband oh. going travelling with a friend and he put sun in <laughs> in his hair oh my so god wrong. so horrible. 90s yeah, exactly. how long did this last for? It's like, like dying. Yeah. Yeah. It was genuinely yeah. that quick. It was no. peroxide oh. that turned when you went in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's illegal now. Yeah. It's so bad it's for you. Direct. It's in the same camp as a sunbed, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, but I think if you, if you want to go blonde, definitely leave it to the pros and spend like the most you can, I think, on your hair. Yeah, so they also said things like invest in a purple shampoo. We talked about that. Oh my God, we love purple shampoo. A lot. Be savvy in the sun. Use clear products. Yeah. Blonde hair is very porous and any pigment applied to the hair will affect your colour. So colour wow, all their products are see-through, so really good for blonde. Interesting. Oh, good to know. Well, on the subject of putting your hair in the sun, we also wrote a piece on nine ways to tan safely this summer. 
I mean, can you? I think Tan's safer. I know, safer. It is what it should have said. The top thing was, though, along with sun in, was to avoid <laughs> sunbeds. Nice of someone to point that out. I mean, I look back to when I was at uni. Me too. I mean, shit. What Me was too. I doing? I know, but because it was everyone I mean, did it twice, yeah. three times a week. I was exactly the same. 50p a minute. On I went. Came out. So felt great. Smelled yeah. great. I'd love. Used to love that smell. Me too. Burning Burn skin. skin. My favourite quote in this was There's no such thing as a healthy tan A tan essentially means your skin is producing more melanin In response to UV radiation The melanin acts like an internal umbrella To shield the DNA in your cells from cancerous mutations And the fact that it's being produced in high quantities Indicates that your skin has already sensed a threat How bloody scary is that? Seriously So you only get a tan because your body's like Ah, stop, get out That's insane Yeah, it's really scary And when I went for my mole check I know I spoke about this on the show But she marked on me 20 moles and she's asked me to go back in six months. I mean, I mean I've got so many moles. Go. I was just outrageous to my skin. Me too. And now, oh, if I could just rewind the clock. I know. I think you're just I know. I am not saying by any means I'm old or like young, but if I could say to my like 18 year old self, I like 100% my would. 14 year old self. Mm. I was terrible, terrible, terrible. Anyway, I was interested in this beta carotene point because Lou mentioned it last week as well mm. in reference to her heat rash. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed the podcast last week. <laughs> I was listening to it. My husband really suffered from heat rash like terribly badly to the extent that he wore a rash vest the entire time we were in a mall at Easter and I thought I should get him onto this I actually bought it after Lou referenced it. I've taken one in a week, which probably is not going to help me, <laughs> is it? Georgie, I also get really, really bad heat rash. And I, what's made a difference to me is using quite boring sun creams, so things that haven't got lots of fragrance. Absolutely, um, he's the same. He only yeah. uses fragrance-free sun cream, but it's actually got to the point now where a day in the sun, and he's covered. <sighs> so annoying. So maybe we should give that a go. Yeah, I take Imidine before I go on holiday for like a month. Not to be confused with Imodium. No, it's basically a mix of beta-carotene and loads of other things that help your skin tan okay. or protect it the other points were understand your tanning time don't hold back countless studies have shown that less than a third of Brits apply the correct amount of sun cream is it meant to be a tablespoon for your face teaspoon a teaspoon there's a golf ball or a shot glass sized amount of cream which seems like a lot doesn't it I don't think it's like nothing my top tips are oil-free sun cream because they just don't come off. And you have to use a lot more because there's obviously no grease and they don't spread. But I feel like they just stay put and I never burn with them. I was about to say, miss- as someone who's really fair, anything oily at all, I burn to a crest straight, even if it claims to be like a factor 50. So yeah, definitely I agree. wipe a sunblock yeah. even though you can rub into your skin. Yeah. And it's such a myth that you can't get tan with those products as well. Agreed. Like, yeah. Ben tans so well and, and is like a religious sun cream user. So Josie's the same. Fair. He's literally slathering mm-hmm. himself yeah. 50 and he still mm-hmm. looks the sun. Exactly. So if you're going to be Tanning this summer, then hopefully we've inspired you to do it in a slightly safer way. No sunburns, please. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.